Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our November episode of The Well Podcast. Can you believe it's been almost a year of The Well? I mean, what? What? Guys, that just blows me away. We didn't know what would become of The Well a year ago. I mean, maybe we had this idea that only we would enjoy, and maybe it would be an empty room, no one would show up, and people would be rolling their eyes on the way out. Can you tell this is designed by a bunch of women with the exact same female insecurities as every other person you cross paths with? But it has been a year, and the church actually let us make a podcast, and from the feedback we've received from you guys, you all connect to these stories as much as we do, which is amazing, because we want to keep doing them and keep getting to hear from our community of imperfect believers. So watch for more podcasts coming your way. And come to a live event if you haven't already. So, our final guest of the year is Kathy, a friend of mine. Actually, one of the first people I got to know when I moved to Shannon Baptist 13 years ago. Kathy is fun and witty and just always has it together. She is someone you can tell from a distance how independent and strong she is. And as it turns out, she was also a cheerleader in college and majored in dance back in the day. People just never cease to amaze me. Let's meet Kathy. I'm Kathy Weichel, and I am Andrea's friend. And I'm a friend for a lot of you, and you are my friend, and I'm very blessed that you uh, chose to be here tonight, and I'm really honored to have a chance to share with you my story. Um, It is an ugly story in many ways, but it is a beautiful story of grace. And uh, I'll do my disclaimer now, Uh, which is um, I reserve the right to cry. And when I and when I do, I would ask that you please join me. All right. <laughs> I do have a little bit of a saying there, and it goes something like, <clears throat> "When God squeezes my heart, it comes out through my eyes." All right. <laughs> and it's really true. I've added to that saying, which was not original, by the way, uh, which is, uh, "I want a soft heart." I came from a very hard heart, and God has softened my heart, sort of like. Um, a tender steak, and a tender steak is juicy, and I want, I want to be juicy. I want a juicy heart, okay? So that's sort of where I come from. Um, I'm a child of King Jesus. I'll be using my notes because I'm 68 years old, and I have been a member of Shannon Baptist Church for 21 years. Um, wow, that's amazing. Uh, and it is um, just a blessed place for me. Uh, I love music. I love dancing. Uh, I love my college girls right here who uh, spent the weekend with me during the college leadership. And yeah, a couple more right here uh, earlier this year. And what a special time. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Um, My hobby is gardening, primarily because I have to. I do my own yard work, and so I call that gardening. (laughs) Um, A few things I don't enjoy. I don't enjoy cooking. Uh, I don't enjoy cleaning house. And I don't like cold weather, all right? So that's, that's who I am, Andrew. I'm with you on all three all right. of the, right, the don't likes. Um, well, thanks. Yeah. Now we know, we know Kathy a little bit. So yeah. why now, Kathy? Why, why did you decide to tell your story now? Um, well, God has sort of been preparing me for this. Uh, I didn't know exactly when the door would open or if the door would open. But, um, but about a year ago, Aaron came to me and said, we'd like for you to do the well and... Uh, because God has sort of been preparing my heart for that, I, I knew that I was supposed to say yes, and I did. Uh, I knew it was a long time, and I thought maybe circumstances would change and I wouldn't be here. But, 
I guess that's not what God planned, so hey, you're stuck with me. Um, I do have a burden for, for young people, for college students, and for young professionals. And as my story goes on tonight, you'll understand why, um, because I do feel like that was a time when, um, when my life sort of went downhill. And I want you to hear my story, and that's why. Um, let's see... Uh, well, the invitation was given, and so I said yes. And oh, yeah, yeah, okay. God can't use your story till you tell it. Okay, uh, hold on to that. It's true. You're creating a story now, and so those of you who are under 49, I don't want you walking in my steps. I want you to hear me tonight, and I want you to remember it because you will have a chance to. Okay, you will have a chance to walk in my steps, and I'm, I'm pleading with you not to. Because on this side of the room, front row, is a group of strong Christian women who represent great marriages and um, strong Christian leadership. They have strong faith, and, and um, they just have beautiful lives, and they have so blessed me. And I, I want you to sometime be sitting over there on somebody's front row because of the life you've lived, okay? And I just keep getting Yeah, you're good. All right, go. So, so when we asked you, you said, you said yes. Um, you sort of just referenced this about how you hoped circumstances would change. Sure. Um, you've been very emotional about that yes. Why is that? Um, because it is um, it's a story of adultery. And there's deep shame. And um, for most of my years since recovery... Um, I've called it a relationship that I didn't need to be in because I, I couldn't stand to say the word and I still can't. But the reality of it is that it was an adulterous relationship and um, adultery is a very specific sin. A relationship is vague, um, but adultery is very specific. Mm-hmm. And I think it was my way of minimizing my sin rationalizing uh, what I was doing and where I was and that's what I don't want you to walk in girls um, and it could be women you understand I mean across the room yeah. so um, so yeah. that's why well wow um, so we know you have a lot to say you have a lot that you want to cover so um, let's quickly sort of go through your early years. Okay. So tell us about little Kathy. Well, first of all, I've Young never been Kathy. little. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to move on, uh, I was brought up in a Christian home, okay? My mom and dad were in the home. It was a nuclear family. Uh, and to my dad died back in 1989. Our whole family was together. Um, I mean, we moved, married and moved out and so forth, but you understand what I'm saying. We had a nuclear family. Uh, we were in church every Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, you know, we were there for every time the doors opened. I was in a small church. Well, every church is small compared to this one, but, uh, <laughs> but it was truly a small church. I, I grew up in Elkin, North Carolina, which is about 40 miles north of Winston-Salem, um, which is, by the way, the home of the original Krispy Kreme donut. Mm. All right. That's right. That's right. And um, it was a great place to grow up. Um, let's see. Where am I? Christian family. Um, I, was, I think I would call myself a busy child. Uh, I was adventurous. 
but I was never bad. Um, I, I mean, I, I wasn't into ugly stuff. High school, um, I wasn't a bad girl there either. A bad girl back then <laughs> was a girl who smoked. Uh, maybe a really bad girl had alcohol, okay, drank alcohol, okay. Um, there were, drugs was not an issue, um, thank the Lord. Um, so, so that's sort of that. I, I want to tell you about my profession of faith. Yes. Okay, you, you're going to give me yeah. another second. I want you. To, okay. I want you to tell us. All right, good. I, I first accepted Christ. Um, I accepted Christ. Okay, I accepted Christ at a GA camp, Girls Auxiliary Camp, uh, up in the mountains of North Carolina. There's a Stone Mountain, North Carolina, and that's where this camp was. And I was probably nine or ten years old, and I, I answered the call. Uh, the missionary that spoke really spoke to my heart, and I went to the front. My mom said that I was too young to really understand what was going on, and so she didn't let me get baptized at that point. This was the day of the week-long revivals. So when my church had a revival shortly after that, um, you know, the pastor comes in, and you, have, you go to church every night for a week. And so during that revival... Um, I was hanging onto the bench during the invitation. And the pastor says, you need to let go of that bench and come to the front. And boom, I was out of there. Um, and and I, so I you know, pushed past my parents and I went and my mom did allow me that time to be baptized. But the, the thing I want you to hear is, as I accepted Christ that night and then the next night went to the revival again, I expected to feel that same call, that same urgency. And it wasn't there because it was filled, I was filled with the peace of Jesus. And, and I was young and I didn't understand lordship, but I'd, I was alert enough to know that, wow, I'm changed. Okay? I'm changed from last night. Why am I changed? I may not understand, but I knew I was changed. Okay? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so... That takes us through little Kathy. Good job. Yeah, it does. You did it. <laughs> um, so next, let's see, college. You went away to college. I did go you to college. You were a cheerleader in college. Oh, whoopee. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yes, I was a cheerleader. Can't you see her as a cheerleader? I mean, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know what? Spunky and so cute. So I, tell I us a little bit about that. Were there boys or how did, how did all that look? Of course college there were boys. Years. You think I go to a school that didn't have boys? Of course there were boys. <laughs> Yes, it was coming in. Mars Hill is a small college. It's a Baptist college. It was a great place for me to go to school. It's about 20 miles from um, Asheville. And uh, so, yeah, I, I love college. I didn't want to go because I was dating a, a guy back in high school and broke his heart, you know, to go to college. But <laughs> I came out of the womb knowing I was going to college. You know, my dad said, oh, it's another girl. Where are you going to college? Uh, <laughs> uh, which, thank the Lord for that. But um, it was a great place. I was not exposed to the kinds of things that many of you are uh, in the university. I would not have, that would not have been a good scene for me. So um, I'm grateful that, that Mars Hill was there. Um, I never got connected to a church there. It was a large church, not compared to Shannon, but it was a, a large church for a small town. And um, it was very stuffy. The professors were there, and who wants to see their psych professor in church? Um, so um, so I, I never got connected to the church. We didn't have the kind of college program that you guys are so blessed to have here. Um, Billy Judge just does a magnificent job, and so I'm so grateful for him, uh, which is one of the ways that I got connected with my girls over here. Um, so um, anyway, I didn't get connected to church. That was a real problem. Um, I didn't feel like it was a problem. You know, I grew up with the accountability of my parents, but when I got away to college, it was not so much a priority for me. So um, I'm grateful to see as many of you young people as are here 
tonight because if you're here tonight, then you're likely at least connected to, to some friends who brought you here. Yeah. And, um, and it's so critically important that you be connected to a Christian body mm-hmm. uh, and that you remain connected to that body. So, um, I, yes, there was co- it was co-ed, thank you. Some boy. Um, and I think a boy's coming in that's, sometime. That's a, a boy's yeah. coming in right now. His name was Jim. Uh, <laughs> Michael, by the way, I never changed my name after we divorced because I really didn't think I would stay divorced forever, but I have. Um, and so uh, Jim and I got engaged after, I guess, at, in our junior year, Christmas, maybe my junior year, and we got married before my senior year, all right? I was young, I was immature, and I thought that my dad would stop that before I got married, and he didn't, okay? Um, I did not understand lordship. I did not pray about who to marry. Jimmy asked me to marry him. He was a smart guy. He was a good-looking guy. He was a football player, and um, I thought nobody else would ever ask me to marry him. Mm-hmm. True, true story. Um, and so when Dad said, well, yeah, you can marry her, I thought, okay, I'll marry him. And that's almost the way it went, all right? Uh-huh. Um, so I spent my, my senior year, well, it's sort of, well, you know, first year marriage, I mean, right up front, is just sort of chaos, but... Um, and then add college into the mix. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're still in school, uh, all the rest of that, but, but Jimmy uh, decided to, to not play ball that year, and so because he was not going to play ball, he wanted me not to cheerlead, and so the good wife... Um, so I pulled out of that, and I, I, I really felt cheated. I felt cheated that I didn't get to enjoy my senior year, and I felt cheated about that, and, mm. and on. So part of it was my, my immaturity, part of it was my insecurity, and yeah. so on. We need to move. So you're married, <laughs> super young. So what, I'm married. What did your marriage, what did it look like? How was the marriage? Um, well, I guess if I describe, we were married eight years. We, we actually went separated for a couple of years, so... Uh, it was very quickly unjoyful, uh, very quickly loveless, um, disappointing. Um, I could probably go on, but it, you know, you you get the idea. Uh, probably in deep, well, not deep into, but going into the second year, it had started to deteriorate uh, for reasons that I won't go into here, and it was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but it was dysfunctional because of his work. Uh, we we graduated Mars Hill. He got a job at uh, in Greenville with Southern Railway. Southern Railway at that time moved their people all the time. We moved ten times in nine years. Wow. Um, so after my first year teaching at Lugoff, not El, no Lugoff, <laughs> uh, Lakeview Middle School in Greenville, I decided to go back and get my master's degree. So I went to Greensboro, North Carolina. He was stationed in Greenwood, but he would come to Greensboro every. Uh, Every weekend because he was traveling anyway, so it didn't make any difference. But Good we were gracious. apart Greenville, a lot. Greenville, Greensboro, Greenwood. That's right. Ooh, keep all that straight. Green it's kid, a lot of, green it's a lot marriage. Of, a lot of green cities in North Carolina. Green, there you go. That's right. That's right. Um, so anyway, we did not get connected to church. Jimmy and I were both believers. Um, we came from similar backgrounds. Um, 
but we never really connected to a church, hmm. either in college or after college, um, you know, because of his moving for one thing and just because of there was no real desire. We attended occasionally, but we never really found a church that was a good fit. Hmm. And so, um, you know, that's his story. So it sounds like it was not great from the beginning, but no. at what point did, it, did your marriage fall apart? Um, technically in 1978, we married in 1970, I was 20 years old, uh, and, we, and we separated uh, in 78. Uh, I was teaching at Mars Hill, I was invited back to teach at my alma mater, and that was just great fun, I loved it, it was a, a great job, I got to teach dance, which I, is what I had got my master's in, and, um, and Jimmy was by this time, well, not quite then, but he got transferred to New Orleans. And so I did not want to live in New Orleans. I was there for a summer and I came back and taught at Mars Hill and it was that, you know, show up when you can kind of scene and uh, not really healthy, but we decided that we would both move to Columbia and try to make a go of it. So we moved back here to Columbia. He took a job. Um, he actually created a job for himself with the Federal Railroad Administration. And I was really in searching for a job. Uh, we went to counseling. Um, and that was sort of this scene where Jimmy went in and sort of coached the counselor on what he wanted him to tell me. Mm. And, uh, and then I went into the counselor and the counselor said, wow, she's normal. <laughs> um, and so that wasn't what he wanted to see. But the counselor, who was not a Christian counselor, by the way, um, said, I, I don't think you guys are going to be able to reconcile. You just need to go your own ways. ways. And that's what we did. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Where, where am I? I lost my place. I oh. grown. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, obviously, I'm sure was a very painful time for you. Um, it was painful because it was embarrassing. And uh, my dad... Why was it embarrassing? Uh, it was a divorce. Mm-hmm. It was a failure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't like to fail even at marriage, and, uh, or especially at marriage. Um, my dad had, had said when Jimmy had asked me to marry him and he said to me after the fact or during that with Jimmy on his knees, I don't know. Um, he said, Kathy, we only do this one time in our family. Meaning and, marriage. Yeah. Meaning mm. marriage. Meaning, yes. Meaning marriage. Mm. And, um, and so I, I held on to that, uh, for a long time, uh, mm. that, you know, I'd let my dad down, mm. you know, I'd let the family down. Yeah. So, so how, what next? How does Kathy start over after divorce? Okay. okay. Um, I was, I'd been looking for a job uh, when I was in Columbia when we separated, and I got a job in Sumter. Anybody here from Sumter? Okay. A couple. Right. Would you please leave the room? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> she probably was in a biology class. Um, uh, did you have a teacher named Michael? <laughs> no, I hope not. Anyway. Uh, uh, well, I, I started by finding a place to live. I got an apartment, got the job, went, went for an interview. I was going to be at the Council Street campus, uh, which was a ninth grade campus. It was a lovely campus. Uh, principal came and interviewed me. That was all good. Um, right before we started school that year, we had an, um, a priest school teacher barbecue thing. And so I went, of course, to the barbecue for all the teachers in Council Street Campus School. And so after the event, um, or as the event was sort of shutting down, um, my principal, 
um, walked me to my car, and a really nice guy, he was the one that interviewed me, he walked me to my car, and so I got in the car and rolled down the window, and we were saying goodnight, and he stuck his head in the window and kissed me right on the mouth. Mm. And I thought, wow, this is how they treat first-year teachers? Wow. <laughs> Man. Uh, no, truly, I was stunned. And I thought, well, maybe he's European, you know. I, I, I was trying to come up for any re- reason. But, and I truly did think, I mean, I didn't think anything about it except that I was stunned. Uh, and I thought, well, maybe that's just the way he says, glad Goodbye. you're here. I, don't, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't explain it. And um, so that was all cool. I mean, he didn't kiss me first day I got to school, all right? So... Um, uh, he was a good principal, uh, and I guess just shortly in, um, he invited me to go with a group, I thought, um, to a Myrtle Beach ball game, football game. Uh, he said that we were going some, with some other folks from the district. Mm-hmm. And so that sounded okay. And um, so I said, sure. And there was never talk about anything other than we're going for the ball game and we're coming back. I knew that it was a long drive to Myrtle Beach, but I thought, hey, it's a group, so what? Well, we got to Myrtle Beach, and well, I got picked up to uh, to go to Myrtle Beach, and there were two other people in the car. It was a couple, and myself and my principal. Hmm. And so I still really didn't. I mean, the thought crossed my mind, but I thought he's my principal. I can trust him. Hmm. Wrong. Okay. Um, and so, anyway, we had dinner. And then we went to a bar, and we had drinks, and we danced, and I loved to dance, and it was fun, and the rest is history, okay? And he was married. He was married. Yes. He was married. So you entered into a relationship with him? No, I entered into adultery with him. Yes. And how long did, did this go on? Um, 17 years. He left education, um, not because of our relationship, um, uh, and got a a really great opportunity with a a large um, medical company. And um, I was under contract for the next year teaching, and um, the company was looking for a salesperson, and I got the job. And so I left education, and we worked... Uh, at that company, it was a medical equipment company for four years in a personal relationship and uh, and in a work relationship. And uh, after four years, we'd learned the business and we went out on our own and started our own business. Um, and it was good. I mean, there was a lot of good there. Um, it was still adulterous, but there was good in, in that experience. We grew the company for 10 years. We were in four states. Uh, had operations all the way from Richmond, Virginia to Conroe, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. Hmm. Uh, we did pediatric medical equipment, uh, apnea monitors. If any of you were ever on one, I probably put it on you and t- trained your parents on how to use it. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, it was a good business. We sold the business and um, in 1990, well, it was 10 years, so we started the company in 1984. We sold the company in 1994. I was paid to stay on and integrate our company into the new company, which is still here in Columbia. Well, something that you have said to me and sort of when we're preparing for this okay. is that Ron and your work were, were 
idols, basically. Yes. That was yes. your entire world. Yes. And you lost both within, within a matter weeks. of two weeks. Yes. Um, and something that you had said to me when we were prepping was that you felt like that was God's grace. Absolutely. That that happened. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Sure. Um, I knew that, well, as I, as I reflected on it, if, if God had taken um, Ron out of my life before he took my work, then I would have had my work to pour myself into. But God took my work, and so there was not an idol there except for Ron. And when God took Ron, and the timing was just all a matter of God's timing because God knew how to orchestrate all of that to bring me to where I needed to be. How old were you at this point? Uh, I would have been... uh, uh, well, probably 28, 29. When it ended? When it started? Oh, when it ended? 28? Oh, tw- no, 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 no. That would have been when it started. started. So, oh, uh, 1997. I, I was born in 1950. It's easy to figure this out, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was 47. 47. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was 47. So you said you, you felt God thump you on the head and point you to Shandon. So you came to Shandon. What did you experience when you came back to church that helped you begin to heal? Um, well, I want to I read the words, just a few words of a song that came to me today because it's such a, a perfect uh, fit for, for my life at that point. Um, you know, it, it wasn't an instant, you know, I'm back in church and I was all connected and all the rest of that. There was a time frame there. I mean, God was working. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, but this, the words of this song, Mercy Me, um, uh, sings this, fits my life perfectly at this point. Mercy came running like a prisoner set free past all my failures to the point of my need when the sin that I carried was all I could see Hmm. and could not see mercy. Mercy came running to me. Hmm. You know the song, and it's such a great song. Hmm. And it was so true uh, for me. Um, God, who saved me at the age of nine years of age, came mercifully running to rescue me at the age of 47. Hmm. Hmm. Um, As far as... uh, here at Shandon. Yeah. Um, God did begin to heal me. I, uh, well, as I said, I, I, I was visiting other churches. I remember the first time that I visited Shandon. Um, actually, I think we would be in the air or either in the balcony yeah. of the old sanctuary. Uh, this is like the old baptismal we're sitting. Is that, I is think, that where it was? I think so. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Anyway, yeah, all right. That's good. That's good. But I remember where I, I, I sat. It was pretty much in the same position that I sat in my old church way back so many years before that. And I sat down on the bench by myself, and uh, the service was very comfortable and very familiar for me. I was a Baptist church, and um, the music was was. Uh, pretty much what I knew. Um, I sat on the bench with Sharon and Greg uh, many Sundays, in fact. Um, and I looked at Sharon and I thought, oh, she's so young. And, uh, <laughs> We're only two years apart. <laughs> <laughs> she looked young to me then, I can tell you she did. And gorgeous in a beautiful white suit. I remember all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we ended up on the same pew. I mean, everybody has their pew, right? We are Baptists after all. So. <laughs> So we all had our own pew, and um, so anyway, that our story goes on beyond that. But um, but anyway, um, I, I loved the music, and 
Um, I remember that we sang, the, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, that's so powerful. And I'm sure I cried a lot, but that was sort of <laughs> what I did. I wasn't fully connected with the church at that point, but God was still doing his healing. I was hearing the word of God preached and, yeah. and that was really important. I joined Shannon on Easter Sunday of that year, um, which was March 30th. So from October to March, I was in church. Uh, not really connected at that point, but I was in church. I was under the word, and I did um, I did move my letter to to Shannon at that point. Um, and at some point during that time, uh, Doctor Lincoln preached this magnificent sermon to me, um, and it was from um, Matthew uh, chapter twelve. <clears throat> and I want to read this to you. Do you want me to read it? You want to read it? You got it? I need to read it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Matthew 12, um, verse 43. Now when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. I was a waterless place. A waterless place is a desert. It's dry. It's arid. It's miserable. It's lifeless. Mm-hmm. I was a waterless place. Um, Seeking a place to rest, give that some thought. If you're a waterless place, you are asking Satan to come into your life, okay? Um, Then it says, I will return to my house. This is after saying, seeking rest and not finding it. Then the demon, the unclean spirit says, I will return to my house from which I came, and when he comes, when it comes, the spirit finds it unoccupied. An empty house is a place where evil spirits live, okay? Mm -hmm. And my house, my temple, my house was empty. Um, Swept and put in place. So here I am trying to get my house swept and put in place, but my house was still empty. Mm -hmm. My notes from Dr. Lincoln's sermon Well, to read verse 45, and then I'll give you that notes. Then it goes along and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the last state of the man becomes worse than the first. That is the way it will be also with this evil generation. Do you want want to talk about experiencing God here? Uh, (laughs) Maybe. She asked well, me to. She asked me to keep her. Keep her right. on, I, keep I her need on track. it. I need it. Uh, <laughs> I think well, that was a pretty. No, well, okay. I, I do. I, yes, experiencing right God was yeah. my. Yes, I was looking for things to fill my house with. Okay, and I made. I, I was on a mission. Uh, the first thing that came up was the was a class with experiencing God. That's right. There. Thank you very much. <laughs> I knew I brought you for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Andrew. Uh, experiencing God, which I took with you and Doug, I believe. And so this, this really spoke to me. It, it's a wonderful teaching by uh, Henry Blackaby. So that was the beginning. Uh, I immediately, um, and in my, my um, journal, I have a page that says experiencing God. And it's, it's, Noted as April 1997, so so that was sort of the beginning of really digging into um, to who God was and what He was doing. And the next page is all about what experiencing God was doing in my life. Uh, I joined a Sunday school class, and during experiencing God, we had uh, Sunday night services at that point in the church. 
And I went in and I sat down with a girl who was in the Experiencing God class with me, and I was trying to um, find a Sunday school class, and, and Liliette Garrison, for those of you who remember Liliette and Rick, um, said, oh, I'm in a wonderful class. And she told me the, who the teacher was, it's Eddie Baugh, and so I thought, well, I need to keep that in mind. And, but backing up a little bit, when uh, I had joined the church and then they presented me the church, which was a little different from what we do now, but when they presented me to the church, there was this couple, Eddie Baugh and Norma Baugh, who came by to, to greet me and invite me to Sunday school, to their Sunday school class. And then I'm sitting on this bench with this gal who says, well, you need to come to my class, Eddie Baugh. And I thought, well, that's confirmation. So <laughs> I joined that class and I'm still in that class. Um, it's a wonderful, a wonderful Sunday school class. Um, I started coming to Tuesday night outreach. We call it T&O. It was called T&O. You guys don't know what that is. Um, But it was a night that we came, we had dinner, and then we went out in pairs and groups to visit Columbia, okay? Um, And I was always at Wednesday night Bible study. Um, I joined the choir. I was in singing Christmas tree. I volunteered for anything that Shannon offered, okay? I was filling my life with good things. Mm. We had lots of good Bible studies. Elma and Doug had a Bible study. Julie had a Bible study in her home that was really, really powerful and meaning to me. Um, And... So after experiencing God, what I did was I, I, needed the, I needed the structure of doing studies. So, I mean, I just kept Lifeway in business, uh, you know, going to, <laughs> I, I bought their studies and I would do them by myself. And, um, but it kept me in the word. Uh, it kept me seeking God. I was so parched, so dry, and so hungry, but God so had a hold of me, and I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't get enough of, of the water, uh, the real, the, the, the living water uh, that is from Jesus. Um, on April 21st of that year, let me get to the right, oh, yeah. My experience, my, now let's see, I went to my Experiencing God class. Listen to this. Mm. And it was a good experience. I went to the evening service, and Janet, who, sit, who sat next to me in Sunday school, saw me and said, Hello, Kathy. It was so nice to have someone other than Dr. Lincoln and my Sunday school teacher know my name. Mm. Isn't that sad? Mm. Um, I came home and God had taken my burden. I felt peace for the first time in weeks. He just took my raw pain and made it okay. I woke up this morning without grieving. This is really amazing. God, please don't let me take this burden back. If I try to control, if I try to take control, please remind me that you know better than I. I thank you for taking my burden. Now that is... um, I guess six months into this whole thing, you can count that up. Um, but, but God was working in a in a really awesome way in my life at that point. And um, then I guess I want to read my last journal entry, sort of, kinda. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight. Okay, so this is a year later. Yeah. I will write briefly today. Having just read through my journal, I see how God has transformed my life. Thank you, God. We fail if we don't disciple young people and they don't understand what lordship is. If you are confused about what lordship is, you need to get with me, get with Andrea, with Aaron, with Amber, with Megan, with some of the women on this side of the room that I'm referring to as my over 49, and there are some of you over here that are over there too. 
You need to understand lordship because it's what your life is about. Um, it's just so critical. Um, as an adult, I was deeply um, broken and desperate. Um, I knew that God was my only hope. And so uh, luckily I knew him from childhood, so I knew where to, where to turn when my life just uh, crumbled. Yeah. So what is lordship uh, to you? Can you tell us? What sure. I've got several different def- definitions, but, but the primary one to me, and I can, I can explain it in a lot of different words, but it is really, truly trusting that God is who he says he is, that he can do what he says he can do, that he wants to be and needs to be the Lord of your life. Friends, do you hear her imploring with you? pleading to stay connected. Don't wander away from the body of Christ. God gave us this community as a gift. The community of Christ, your church, it is not perfect. And if you want to look around and point out all its flaws, they are there and your list will be long, especially if your goal is to catalog all the sins of each person that's attending. But I can save you the trouble. They are all sinning. They all screw up, but they are there in the body of Christ because they love the Lord and they know they need the accountability too. They are losing some days, but they are making progress. Even with all that imperfection happening, they are still your saving grace. If Kathy had been embedded in deep fellowship of Christian women when her temptation began, can't you imagine how her story would have turned out differently? Our fellowship with believers doesn't stop us from giving in to temptation, but our inner circle can help to hold us accountable. If you are struggling with a temptation and you know you can't tell your friend, it probably means that you should. And you need to tell a friend who will hold you accountable. And if you are that friend, listen and help, lovingly and without judgment. We are sisters in Christ together. Thank you so, so much for listening to this month's The Well podcast. Please share this with your friends and rate it on iTunes or wherever you're listening. If you have any questions or want to tell us something, email us at shandonwomen at gmail.com. Come and see us at Shandon Baptist Church for our next Well event. Our schedule is linked on the episode.